Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Eatin' Them Raw Podcast. It may cost you 10 bucks to park on the lawn. This podcast is 100% free. We begin this week talking about what seemed to be inevitable, um, but has become reality as Dane Evans is on his way out, on his way to the BC Lions in exchange for a fourth-round pick, which is quite honestly more than I thought we would get for him. Um, I'm Josh Thomas, alongside hosts Troy Durrell, Josh Bain, and Jake Wright. Uh, I guess, Troy, uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Dane leaving? Well, I'm actually going to turn this over to Josh um, because he was the lead member of Bald QB season, so I want to hear his thoughts on the move first. Um, you know, <laughs> bit unexpected here coming right to me. You know, I never really lead the show off. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking, though. I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> uh, you if know, it. Have it big it, news happen. We we would do the introductions, but this happened like three hours ago, so we really need to talk about it now. Yeah, like I know. It's kind of it was like written in the stars once we got Bo that it bought Dane's ticket out of town, and uh, I feel like BC is the best fit for him. It does feel a bit weird knowing that he's gone because like me and Odin started the whole bald QB season thing and it was just like pandemonium for us from the get go. So it does feel a bit weird, but I know this is probably the best spot for him. But to see that he has to go into battle for the backup spot, how they put it, just blows my mind because he's better than Dom Davis in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think this is a win for both the Ticats and for Evans. Obviously, Evans gets out of Hamilton, gets a fresh start that he's looking for. And, uh, I mean, Hamilton didn't have to trade him to Toronto. McLeod um, Bethel-Thompson left for the USFL yesterday, and there was a lot of discourse around, oh, well, this basically means Dane Evans head, headed down the QEW to Toronto, and then we find out today he's going to BC. So uh, Ticat fans, I'm sure, are very happy that they don't have to deal with another potential Anthony Calville situation where they trade a quarterback away and then he comes back to haunt them for the next however many years. So um, him being in BC, I think – I. I personally think he's just as good as Vernon Adams. I know they came out and said, if not maybe better than Vernon Adams. Um, I know they came out and said that uh, they weren't looking to um, move on from uh, Adams as their starting quarterback, but I think this gives him a good chance to play. And uh, again, Hamilton doesn't have to deal with him three or four times a year. Yeah. They've been pretty adamant that VA is going to be their starter. So but like now with the two quarterback rule and VA being very versatile, I'm sure you could see a lot more two QB plays coming out of BC. And if some people don't know, before the Tie Cats did, I believe cut him or trade him back in I think it was 2018. They did try to work him out as a receiver to try and keep him around, but did not end up working out as you all know. Yeah, yeah, Vernon Adams, very athletic dude. I could definitely see them doing some. Uh, Evans to Adams passing plays. And one interesting note that I just want to touch on quickly is there is an S the tie cats mentioned in their statement of the trade for Evans is that it's a fourth round pick with a conditional escalator, which basically means for those that don't know um, that the pick can move depending based on say Evans plays. I don't know the details of it, but, for example, say Evans plays 12 games this year, which was more than maybe they were expecting, then maybe the pick moves up to a third rounder. So that's just basically what that means. For sure. Uh, we've known for a little while that Evans was kind of headed out the door, so I guess we should probably turn our attention to some of the guys that we know are on their way 
in the door or back in the door, I guess. Um, starting on the offensive side of the ball, I guess Tim White, uh, Duke Williams, James Butler, and Joel Figueroa are the Ticats' offensive additions that they have listed here. Um, I, White is obviously a re-signing. Joel Figueroa, obviously an ex-Ticat, and then James Butler comes over from BC. Duke Williams is an interesting signing I'd like to to kind of dive into, but I guess, Jake, what are your... Uh, what do you think about the guys we picked up on the the offensive side of the ball here? I think I love the Duke Williams signing just because uh, Bo kind of is like loves the big body receivers that like can get over the middle and like make the big catches down the field. So I feel like that's a very good signing. Love the James Butler signing, and Joe Figueroa is just shores up our offensive line, so it's very nice. Yeah, I, I really agree on Duke being a, a Bo Levi type signing. Um, it just seemed like he always had always that problem. one or two guys that were like that in Calgary um, that really he relied on. And it's nice to kind of see Duke coming over. And, and I'm sure fans remember when the, the physicality Duke will bring when um, he kind of ran over that DB in Edmonton. I, 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 I think honestly, that, I'm pretty sure that DB that he ran over was Chris Edwards. <clears throat> was really? it? I think so. I'm I'm 95 sure that it was Chris Edwards talking smack to him, and Duke Williams is the dude that yeah ran him over. I'm 95 sure that's who it was. That that's awesome. is, dude, that was the cleanest pancake I've I've seen from a slot in the CFL ever. Yeah, oh, <laughs> ever. That that is one of the most like viral clips in uh, CFL history, probably, but. Um, I just want to touch on Duke Williams. You mentioned JT that uh, Bo kind of always had that big body receiver in Calgary. This reminds me a lot of Eric Rogers. Um, mm -hmm. Duke will, will kind of be Hamilton's version of Eric Rogers when Bo was throwing those deep balls, those lob passes over to um, Mr. Rogers there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally don't love the guy. I mean, we talked about it on the pod last year. He and I had some beef on social media, but if he's the wide receiver three and uh, plays up to his potential, I mean, it'll take, take some time for me, but maybe I can get over uh, not loving the dude, but from a pure football standpoint, I think it's a really good addition for the team. You have, Tim White is your number one, Braylon Addison as your number two, Duke Williams as your number three. I, I would line that up against any other team's top three um, in the Canadian Football League. Absolutely. And then you look at the other three signings, and we'll talk a little bit about each of them, but I just kind of want to point out a trend that's kind of starting here. Each of these next three picks right here are picks that guys from this podcast wanted and asked for. And uh, so, yeah, we may mess around a little bit, but as Jake likes to say, you know, we know ball. We know uh, ball. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tim White, obviously another another huge signing. He um, was the Ticats' primary weapon, I would say, last season, wouldn't you? Absolutely. He, he, was, our, he was our guy last year. <laughs> he was him. Yeah, he was him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was literally him. We don't call him Tim White around here. We call him him White. So yeah. <laughs> that, that pretty much sums up everything you need to know. It didn't matter who the quarterback was last year. He was producing. So very happy to have him back. Yeah, I think he was at the top of our, our kind of want list. And then Joel Figueroa is really huge to kind of uh, help shore up the offensive line. We know that the O-line has been a problem um, for a while. Consistency on the O-line has been a 
problem for a while. And uh, it would sure be a shame to bring in Bo Levi Mitchell and then have a season where the offense struggles because you, you don't have an offensive line. Uh, so it was it's real nice to to uh, see them making moves in that direction. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, there's a whole laundry list of guys. Uh, but I think the biggest name, Gary Davis, is back in black and gold. That's a huge one. Uh, then Casey Sales, which is also pretty big, comes over from Winnipeg. Kwaku Boateng, uh, Simone Lawrence got re-signed. Jameer Thurman comes from Calgary. Fraser Sopic comes over from Calgary. JV and Elliot, sorry, JV and Elliot comes over from Calgary. And Chris Edwards from Toronto. Jake, I, I I love the the Jagger Davis signing. We needed defensive linemen, and we went out and got. I would say arguably two of the best out there in free agency. So that's very nice to see. I would say Jagger Davis was the best in free agency. Like if if you're talking about, I don't I don't know if there was another on the defensive side of the ball. At least I don't know if there was anyone bigger in free agency. He's the um, game changer. <clears throat> me personally, my I'd say my favorite signing on the defensive side of the ball is Jameer Thurman. That guy does not miss tackles. So it's going to be. What was I look for? <laughs> Church, just, ask Troy, like, bro. Troy <laughs> smiled. Look <laughs> the words right out of my mouth. That's what I said. <laughs> Did you say that already? Like, no, not today. Just like I've said it like a hundred times in the group. Chat. It is true. <laughs> okay. When we first signed it, that was Troy's, like, I think, first words. Exactly. I'm biting bro's entire phone. <laughs> That's why I'm just, like, I'm just like, bro took my words right out of my head. <laughs> All right, so, Troy, do you want to uh, do you want to spin some of your, your own words for uh, Kwaku Boateng? Because I know it's, he's a guy that you wanted uh, the Cats to bring over. And, and, and again, uh, and one of the EDR guys got their wish. Yeah. Uh, kudos to us. As you said, we know ball um, getting Kwaku. He's coming off a torn Achilles, so... Um, you know, there's definitely some risk to it, but if Hamilton gets the guy that we have kind of become accustomed to knowing as Kwaku Boateng, uh, this is obviously, it fits like a glove. And what's crazy is we were talking about it. It gives Hamilton pretty much, they're too deep at every position on the D line, right? So on the one side, you can go Jagarit Davis and, uh, Malik Carney. And then at defensive tackle, you can rotate through um, Ted Laurent. You can rotate through Dylan Wynn and Casey Sales. And then on the other side of the defensive end, you can go with Kwaku Boateng and Mason Bennett. So um, he came at a lot cheaper of a price than he was last year. So I, I again... Hamilton, I think, did a really good job of finding good bargain deals and guys who either had down years or coming off injury and are hoping that uh, a lot of them are able to bounce back. For sure. Yeah, so the one signing that I think all of us kind of raised our eyebrows at was Chris Edwards. Um, Everyone kind of knows around the CFL, his history with the Ticats. He was in uh, altercation after the East final in 2021 with a couple of Ticats fans got suspended for six games, got reduced to three games. But with the departure of Cam Kelly to the XFL, Chris Edwards fills that Sam linebacker spot pretty nicely. 
Um, Jake, do you have any thoughts or opinions on, uh, you could say he's just as controversial, if not more controversial than Duke Williams. So I guess give me your thoughts on uh, Chris Edwards. Man, when I, when we first signed him, I was like, what are we doing? But like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, it's a really good, like football signing. Like, like he's a really good football player, but like just the stuff off the field that happened before, it's like, what are we doing? You know, this guy almost literally tried to fight Ticat fans. No, yeah, like, no this was fans. a professional athlete that put the CFL in a terrible light and was almost literally swinging on fans and caused a whole rigmarole. And, and then you like, He'd, he could be signing autographs game one at, with the people he was trying to knock out and not even know it. I think it's so silly, to be quite honest with you. Um, like, again, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk on him, and I'm sure, like, everyone makes mistakes and whatever. Like, I, like, I don't wish his career to be over, but I just feel like there's another landing spot that's just less awkward, right? Yeah. But yeah. – I guess, I guess my question to you guys then would be um, what other Sam linebackers are currently out there that have CFL experience would you have gone after? I would have went for Adarius Pickett, but he ended up in Toronto. Um, just from a peer, you lose a guy and you're going to bring someone in who's just as good at that position. Is Chris Edwards um, not the guy that – is right behind if he's not as good as cam kelly he's just behind him right absolutely so like it's a pretty it's a pretty natural fit that way um now josh josh is back i want to get your thoughts on chris edwards because you were uh quite vocal in the group chat about uh his signing and we broke it on uh the eating them raw instagram feed um, when we were doing our live, because that was the moment that it came uh, yeah, that to our attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you guys have all pretty much hit it on the head. Like like JT said, it is a bit of an awkward landing spot because sort of these final, he's jumping around, flipping tie Cats fans off, jawing at them. End of the game, he's coming into the concourse, getting into altercations with the fans. It's like it is a very confusing signing on that part because like it obviously rubs some people the wrong way. But looking at it from a football standpoint, as you guys have all said, he's a great football player. He can run his mouth and he backs it up on the field. So I'm just hoping that the the coaching staff can keep all these attitudes that they've brought in uh, jarred up so it's not too much of a locker room issue for the team. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect segue, Josh, because I was going to ask. It literally popped in my head just before you said it. Are you guys, do you have any concern? This is open to anyone. Do you have any concern about the fact that they're bringing in some guys who maybe have some off-field um, baggage such as Duke Williams or Chris Edwards? Or is that not really um, a concern to you guys just due to the culture that guys like Simone Lawrence, Ted Laurent uh, have kind of built up over the years? I have a couple no. of thoughts, but I'll let, I'll let someone else go first. I'm not really worried, but I believe in Coach O and uh, Mark Washington and all those guys to keep the keep it a cool headed locker room and like yeah, like Simone's always talked. Like I'm not I'm not worried about Simone. The guy's talked his whole career, so I I don't know. I I think we'll be okay. 
I think if you can keep a cap on Simone Lawrence, you can keep a cap on anyone. So that's my first thought is I think the current coaching staff, you know, has done a pretty good job at keeping one of, if not the biggest personalities in the CFL, somewhat tame. I mean, Simone is Simone, but I, but it could be worse. (laughs) Um, In terms of Duke Williams, I like he produced on Saskatchewan. There might have been off field stuff, and I don't know for sure if there was or wasn't. I can't remember at that at at the time. Um, but I remember he produced for Saskatchewan, and I guess I guess since a little bit here and there. Um, so I don't mind it. Again, I, I don't I don't foresee Coach O allowing any type of off-field distraction to enter into the locker room. And then I also think if you look at this roster, it ain't nothing to cut Duke Williams if he's cutting the pro- causing the problem. You know what I mean? Like, it, nothing against Duke Williams, and I do think he is a good piece, but, like, if, if any one person on this team is acting like they're bigger than the team, given the year that it is and given the fact the Grey Cup is in Hamilton – and given the roster that they have assembled, I, I would say that it ain't nothing to to cut ties. So um, I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah, you'd think Duke would be on his best behavior too, right, with all the stuff that he um, did last year in Saskatchewan. Just this might be his last chance to prove that he um, can be a guy that can still produce. We are talking about a guy that had, I think, 1,500 yards in 2017 with Edmonton. Now, given that was five, six years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have some concerns, but I am going to trust the front office staff that they did their due diligence. They talked to these guys, made sure that it was well known that, okay, we're not going to deal with any BS and because uh, as you said, this is, this is probably, and I do not state this lightly. This is probably the biggest season in the history of the Hamilton Tiger Cats organization. And yeah. if, if you disagree with that, feel free to let me know. But uh, I, I think that they need to have done triple background checks on all of these guys just to make sure. And uh, I assume that they have. So um, and you know what? To Duke's sorry, I don't. I'll let you. I just had one more point that I thought of here. But to Duke's, maybe not his credit, but to maybe not put the full blame on his shoulders. It was a pretty toxic environment last year in Saskatchewan. It seemed like um, Cody Fajardo and the coach uh, Craig Dickinson didn't get along very well. There was the whole Garrett Marino situation. So, um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's. Uh, Maybe it was more of the situation than it was Duke. Um, but I guess there's only one way to find out, and that's when we get to May and June. Yeah, I think Duke should know what it is. And, and I looked into it just because I, I didn't remember. Yeah, the spitting incident was probably the one that stands out to me as the biggest no-no there. I can kind of take um, – my I can't really take throwing your helmet at an opponent. It's kind of not – not cool at all <laughs> to be quite honest with you but um the spitting is the worst of of the three but again i think any of those any of those three offenses 
if one of those happens here, you're done. You know, like you're acting a fool in street clothes or, you know, getting flagged when you're not even a part of the game, then you're done. So I, I, I don't think the, I hope that the coaching staff understands the magnitude of the season and, and would make that decision. For sure. Now I want to move along, obviously Hamilton with bringing in so many names. I think there was 12 uh, additions that they made over the free agency period so far. Um, that also means that there were some pretty key departures that left the team. Um, just some names off the top of my head. Uh, Jamal Roll, Carriel Brooks, Wes Hills, Jovan Santos Knox, Cameron Kelly. Um, so, Michael I mean, there, yeah, Micah Johnson went back to Saskatchewan. Um, Siante. So, yeah, that's true. Siante, yeah. Like, there were, there were definitely as many guys as Hamilton brought in. Um, they lost quite a few as well. So, Jake and Josh, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the guys that Hamilton lost in free agency. Why don't we start with Josh and Jamal Roll? Um, because that's his boy. Yeah, that was that was a tough pill to swallow for sure. But it's uh time for a new adventure, I guess. You know, I got the got the roll jersey in the closet. It's gonna be a tough one, you know. Gotta get a new one now. But I think he's gonna do well in Montreal because now he's gonna go in there and be like their number one there, like he was here. So I feel like Montreal was a good fit because they're kind of struggling to find an identity, and I think he will definitely bring in some good character values that will help them kind of build together as a team. Cause you know, it's a real tire fire over there. Definitely. Now, Jake, I want to ask you of the guys that Hamilton lost, who do you think was the biggest subtraction from the team? I would say JSK, but with bringing Jameer Thurman in, I don't think it's that big of a loss anymore, but I'd probably go either Cariel or Siante. I feel like we lost almost our entire DB room in the free agency. So, like, that just wasn't good, I don't think. But um, I, I'd probably go Siante because it's hard to find guys like him. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with that, too, like, I guess Hamilton decided they were going to take a different approach this offseason. Last year, we looked at the DB room and went, holy cow, like, how are you going to get all these guys on the field? And now you're kind of looking around being like, holy cow, who's going to play DB for the Top Cats this year? And uh, Steve Milton, I was listening to, I believe it was the Sports Cage. No, it was the Green Zone the other day. It's a podcast in Saskatchewan that talks CFL football all the time. And so I was listening to it and they had him on. And he basically came out and said that he expects Tunde Adelike to play halfback or corner. And Stavros Katsantonis will be the starting safety. Obviously, we still need to get to camp and see how everything shakes out. And while Javian Elliott isn't a huge name to a lot of people, I think that was also a huge signing. He played really, really well in five games in Calgary, and they were really high on him. Um, and, you know, as I said on when Josh and I did our kind of free agency breakdown on Instagram – we didn't know who Cariel Brooks was. We didn't know who Siante Evans was. We didn't know who Jamal Roll was. And then they became studs. Like we have two coaches in our head coach and DC that both played the position of defensive back. They both know what to look for and what makes a good defensive back. So um, do you guys have any concerns on the fact that you lost three all-star caliber DBs, even though, as I said, JV and Elliott's 
supposed to be a very good player. And Tunde Adelike proved in the 2021 playoffs that he can play any position in the DB room. No, no I, I, I don't have any concern. Yeah, neither do I. I feel like we lost a lot of, like, I think our biggest problem was last year. Yeah, we had great DBs, but we had no pressure to get to the quarterback. And this year we completely changed that. We have so much pressure at the quarterback, but we'll have no DBs. I think it'll be a lot easier for DBs to cover someone when there's pressure on the quarterback or something like that. So I'm not really worried. But there was one sign that we did forget to mention because it kind of leeways off Jake talking about getting pressure on the quarterback was uh, Casey Sales from Winnipeg. So I feel like he was always. I don't. I don't. I don't think he mentioned his name. I'm not too sure if he. I if did. I did. Yeah, oh, I. I didn't hear him. That's my fault. My fault on my part then. But I feel like bringing him in. Yeah, because he'll be going from beside uh, Willie and Jeff Coat to beside uh, Dylan Wynn and Jagir Davis. So he's probably going to get the same amount of ISOs that he got in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's it, a good point. It, it seems to me that Hamilton took the blueprint that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, no pun intended, um, have kind of created of going heavy on the offensive and defensive line. And, like, you look at Winnipeg's DBs over the last couple years, like, yeah, Diedrich Nichols is really good. Winston Rose was pretty good. But it's not like they have a bunch of all-stars in their DB room, right? So um, they relied on, as you mentioned, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Casey Sales, uh, stove Richardson a couple years ago to like really put pressure on the opposing team's quarterback and they were able to spend less on DBs because of that and I think Hamilton kind of looked at that approach and said yeah you know what because as Jake said we we talked about it at length last year that it was a huge issue that it seemed like yeah they were getting sacks the odd time but it seemed like they weren't getting enough consistent pressure on the quarterback and with the additions they made getting Davis back getting Kwaku Boateng hopefully fully healthy that should change um that trend and hopefully we see more of the sustained quarterback pressures and sacks Chris Edwards is listed as a DB too yeah yeah, yeah. I, right. so he'll, Sam, Sam linebacker I guess you've should be considered as a defensive back spot, even though it's technically classified as a linebacker, but yes, he can also play DB. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, like I, I really do like the, the JV and Elliot signing. Um, like I, I, I think the system is, is sound enough, especially with the additions on the defensive line that with who we've picked up, you can, you can roll. I think you can roll with what we have. And you, I don't want to say you could plug just about anyone else into there, and if you needed a DB, but <laughs> like you kind of said, Cario Brooks and Jamal Roll weren't studs until, you know, we knew they were studs. And there's tons of guys straight out of the NCAA that would like a, that would like a deal. So, I'm not too worried. I would just like to say we also forgot the probably the biggest departure on for the tie catch, which was Cam Kelly. We didn't forget that. I was gonna say it and I didn't want to interrupt you, yeah, but it was I said, just, and then you were like, Oh, Siante and Roland. I was like, those are good picks, so I'm not gonna say it, but I is Cam realize. Kelly not alive? Yeah, I wanted to say that, but I didn't even realize, yeah, Cam Kelly literally the biggest departure on our team, the best yeah. the best at his position. And yeah. Yeah, but he, he went to pursue NFL goals, did he not? Yeah, yeah, XFL. XFL to go back to the NFL, which 
Uh, I would sure. rather that honestly than him go to another CFL team. If I'm Absolutely. Being... Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I understand like your point there, JT, about Cam Kelly. He is a huge loss, but I guess I can also understand where Jake's coming from picking Siante um, just because, as we mentioned, they signed Chris Edwards. And while, yes, I would agree that Chris Edwards is not as good as Cam Kelly. Um, you have a guy that's proven that knows how to play the position. So it's not, you're not hit as hard as say Cam Kelly leaves, Chris Edwards signs elsewhere, Darius Pickett signs elsewhere. And you're the tie cats kind of looking around the free agency room going, uh, okay, please raise your hand. If you know how to play Sam and yeah. no, yeah. nobody out there that's proven that knew how to do it. So um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're both obviously huge losses to the team, but uh, yeah, Josh, Josh, you got a point here. You want to get in? No, there? I was just saying I can play Sam linebacker. I was just being, uh, being a smart ass. <laughs> listen, when the XFL fails, Cam Kelly will come back. So it's fine. Yeah, their ratings were brutal and the games were brutal, but this is a CFL podcast. We're not going to talk about that. Don't tell Brandon Banks that either. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- Jake, Jake had major beef with Brandon Banks over the weekend about the XFL. Cause what did he tweet out, Jake? That he's like, oh, he's like, there's no people are saying there's no fans at the XFL games. He's like, well, it just looks like CFL. And the turns out the average crowd was like 14,000 at the XFL games. And Jake is like, uh, you know, Tim Horton's field by itself averages like 22,000, right? Yeah, 22,000 at 23K Stadium. Oh, good job, Brandon Banks. You're really smart, bro. Get and he was like, the MDMA. <laughs> and then he was like, don't believe those fake numbers. Don't forget, I'm still good friends with Bob, Mr. Bob. And it's like, what? Are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? If you and Mr. Yeah. Bob were such good friends, you would have been on the Thai Cats last year, pal. But guess what? You weren't. And he won a great cup, bro. I mean. I don't care. Like, I'm sorry, Jake, but you kind of take an L here. Jake doesn't take L's, so. I, I got him to subtweet me, by the way, so I win. Okay, that's fair. He 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 subtweeted me saying uh, people in Canada still think I did MDMA. Oh, well, brother, you got suspended for it, so you did. <laughs> Jake gets so pissed off talking. Uh-huh. Brandon Banks, it's so funny. Brandon Banks and Garrett Marino, my two arch nemesis. Nemesis, Jake. Nemesis, come on. I didn't. I didn't go to college. Nemesis. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Let's get back on track. Um. Now that we've kind of talked about the additions and departures, Josh, what would you give the Tie Cats for a rating on free agency? I know you gave them. You want to tell everyone the grade you gave them on the House of CFL page? Um, sure, because I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it'll probably be out by then. Hopefully, who knows what Alfred's cooking up these days? Like I just goes, but uh, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you exactly what I said. Let me. See. And my grade for the Tie Cats was uh, Hamilton A plus. We are the best, plain and simple, debatable. Don't want to hear it. And that was that. That was my. Initial wrap up on the Tie Cats free agency. This guy gets a, an offer to go on a uh, on a pod, another pod, and he brings his absolute best Hamilton, just Hamiltonian self. Are you kidding me right now? That's what you said. We are the best debate of all. 
Yep. Word verbatim what he said. Oh, God, I'm spitting speaking from the soul, from the heart. Oski wee wee till I fucking die. <laughs> this man's going to cry over here again. <laughs> again. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, now now that we have Josh's A+, Jake, would you agree with that assessment? Or do you have a different opinion on the Ticats free agency uh, acquisitions and departures? I kind of have... A different one. I would say um, I'd probably give it an A plus. Tie cats are the best, and you can debate a wall. That's probably what I would say. Let's go. That's what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with something different than <laughs> on me like that. Oh, no, no, but I I agree with Josh. I don't know. I feel like everyone that we brought in fits our system very well, and like there's no like bad overpay that we did. I feel like. Like I'm not saying Eugene Lewis is an overpay or Stephen Dunbar is an overpay, but to pay five hundred thousand dollars between two receivers is insane. So uh there's that. And I feel like we did good deals on very, very, very good players that we needed in positions. So Yeah. Joel Figueroa, that is a massive signing. Like and you could maybe argue because it's rumored that he's making hundred and ninety-five K, which would make him the highest paid uh American offensive lineman in the CFL. But if he shores up the left side of that line, which has been a major issue, as we've mentioned many times, I I would pay him (laughs) 250K. Like 195 to me is chunk change at that point. Like you're playing with house money. um, If, if he plays the way he did last season and we're, um, we see the version of him that we know he can be. So he's a massive upgrade over Tyrone Riley or Jordan Murray or uh, Kay Okafor or whoever else played that position over the last two seasons, basically since Riker Matthews left. Um, so, yeah, huge. JT, uh, Josh and Jake both gave A-pluses for the Ticats free agency. Are you going to go three for three on that assessment? No, I can't do that, Troy. Sorry. I got to give them an A. Not an A+. plus. I'm going to give them an A. And the reason is, okay, I can't really complain because they checked pretty much every single box we asked for. But I'm upset that they didn't sign Micah Awe, so they get an A, not an A+. plus. <laughs> I love you, JT. I fucking love you, dude. That's so good. JT shed a tear in the chat when it was announced that Micah Alway was going to the Calgary Stampeders. So do you want to send your heartfelt message to the never was member of the Hamilton Tiger? No, no, nah. they're still next year, man. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I, respect it I can't wait for season four. And JT's like, where is Micah Alway? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know why the tie cats are only four? Cause they don't have Micah Alway on. <laughs> That is going to be it. I promise you. Yeah, I believe it. But I, this is going to, after the letter grading that I've heard um, from the three of you, I am going to sound like a downer, but I'm going to go with a A minus. Um, you know, as many guys as they brought in, they still did lose some key members of teams that went to the Grey Cup. And we, we've seen over the years that winning free agency doesn't always translate into winning the Grey Cup. 
And I guess my one concern is that, yes, a bunch of guys that got brought in are all very talented, but uh, it does take some time for those guys to gel. And I do still have my concerns about Duke Williams, and I still do have my concerns about Chris Edwards. But, uh, I mean, I think overall the team did pretty well, and uh, I'm excited that some of the guys that they brought in, James Butler, um, Ja'Garrett Davis, uh, Casey Sales, Tim White's back. Like they, they made some really good additions to their team, but I do worry about the fact that it will take some time to gel. And the start of the season is not easy. I think they have Winnipeg and then Calgary as their, and then Toronto as like their first three games of the year. So three and oh, yeah, yes, sir. Will be, very, will be very interesting to see how they do. Going back, Troy, you said that uh, we lost a lot of key members of teams that went to the Grey Cup, but they didn't win the Grey Cup. We're changing the culture. Ty Cats, 2023 Grey Cup champions, lock, bet it in. I think the best odds was on Caesar Sportsbook, plus 950, go in some money, folks. Bane's no. Ooh, please, please, plus 950? Is that please. the action? Let's roll. JT, oh, don't you not, even dare. No. JT, yeah, don't you think dare. about it. Don't why, let him. why would you tell him that? JT, don't even think about it, pal. Yeah, yeah. JT, you you far away let from me the... tell you right now, March is a three-pay month. And oh. you aren't putting a single dollar on the Hamilton oh, Tire Cats buddy, this year. I'm putting five bills on the Cats. At yeah, night. and JT, when we lose the great cup me? again... Are you well, kidding me? Pods over. I have not. Do you think I learned my lesson when I lost three hundred dollars as Tim White took that knee? Uh, do you <laughs> think I learned my lesson? No. Another five bills going on at nine fifty, boys. Let's make our money back. I really wish you'd learn your lesson. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing good with 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 soccer lately. So yeah, that's different. That's actually has- true. Clue what's going on. <laughs> Fulham. <laughs> Please bet on somebody else, not the guy, guy. He asks us who to bet on. That's why he's doing good in soccer. That's exactly why I'm doing good in soccer. I wait until it's one of your teams playing, and I'm like, are you going to win today? That's <laughs> literally – and it, I, my success rate in soccer is higher than it should be. So We're off right. track, boys. Do we have any other thoughts before we wrap this episode up? I think this was a good episode, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I would just like to say that the Argos suck. And yeah. yeah. No, I was going to ask if you guys had maybe one more free agent that's still out there that you would want to bring in. Troy, who do you got for me, buddy? Hit me with oh, it. You guys all know exactly. Darrell Walker. Exactly where I'm going with this. No, it's not actually Darrell Walker, although he was he would be a guy if this guy got said is Shaquille Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. That guy can play every DB spot. He can play Sam linebacker. If you decided you wanted to go American at safety while still keeping Tunde out at half or corner, if that's where he plays, Shaq Richardson can do all of that. So Shaq Richardson is the guy that's still out there that I want on the Tiger Cats. Hamilton Tiger Cats, you want to get Troy's grade from an A- to an A+. Shaq Richardson. 
I've been yeah, saying, sure. boys, I've been saying since day one of free agency, I want Shaq Richardson on this team. And it would be hilarious to watch the Duke Williams versus Shaq Richardson fights at training camp because that's the guy he was smacking each other with helmets. Or that <laughs> Those are the two combatants in the Halifax game where Duke Williams used his helmet as a weapon was on Shaq Richardson. Do you guys remember like five minutes ago when Troy was talking about the team won't gel that fast? That was that was good. I, that was that was fun. Yeah. Remember now like ten minutes chaos. ago when? Remember ten minutes ago when Troy was asking if controversy would be a problem? He's like, <laughs> "Let's add more to the mix here, boys." If they're not going to win the Grey Cup this year, I at least want to see entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a sideline fight week six. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Troy comes down in August, and then a brawl breaks out on the Tie Cat sideline. <laughs> I just uh, and I, get him, get him. We're over in 118. Troy's over. I think it's in what is it, 104 or whatever. The Ticat side, he's just stirring the pot, just going just, at all the players. It. He's like, Yo, Duke, Shaq's talking shit. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, you knuckleheads, Josh. I think you made a. I think you made a good point when you kind of say that they're changing the culture. I like that they they still have some of the core and some key pieces, but I think in past we have really kept a lot of the team, a lot of the the guys that were a part of the te- the Grey Cup teams prior and then tried to just build around them. I think over the last kind of year or two, we've really seen almost a major overhaul. You still have some of those core guys, but um, especially this year and bringing in the names that we've kind of talked about it's it's going to be a different look and a different feel i think and um hopefully one that is going to deliver success going back to josh's point about the uh pre- another free agent that we want i just want another receiver like it doesn't have to be a high paid good like crazy good receiver but just like another slot guy that Justin can... Jefferson ah Oh my god! Uh, that that can battle with um, what's his name, Anthony Johnson. That could just battle with him in camp and see, like, just give him a little uh, little competition is all. All I really want at that position, the other slot back. Do you have somebody in mind? Not really, because I don't really know what other slot backs are out there. But um, Kamar Jordan's still out there, no. Could go after him. I'd be because he has connection with Bo. That that'd be a good that'd be a good signing in my eyes. Uh him. Um, Lamar Jordan would be a great signing. Yeah. I would is he still out? Is he still out there? Yep. He's gotta be signed already. No. Dude, Sean yeah. Lemon's not even signed yet. Yeah. What? So if we want if we want to talk about just like pipe dream signings. Sean Lemon, man. Like yeah. how how a guy who was the West nominee for most outstanding defensive player. We're a week and a bit into free agency, and he is still a free agent. It makes no sense to me. Because he's waiting to sign with Hamilton. Yeah, and then we're going to have the uh, craziest defensive line in the history of the Canadian Football League. JT, is there a free agent that's still on the market that – it sounds like maybe Kamar Jordan is the guy that you're going to target, but is there someone out there that uh, you have circled as a guy that you'd like Hamilton to maybe look at? Yeah, no, Kamar Jordan is like, I think that if, if we could pick him up, that would be like a really, 
really under the radar, very good signing. Um, I'm actually surprised he hasn't been picked up yet. I know that, like, I guess the, I guess last season he wasn't as productive for Calgary, but I would love I would love Kamar Jordan on this roster. Yeah, I think I think lack of production and the fact that he's on the wrong side of thirty. I'm pretty sure he's thirty three or thirty four. I would assume is the main reason why he hasn't signed yet. But I mean, heck, he could find even half the level of production that we saw in his prime years in Calgary. I mean, yeah, that would be a terrific signing. So I would agree. All right. Well, I guess, uh, does anyone else have any thoughts before we let uh, Josh wrap it up over here? All right, Josh, take it away. Take it away. Huh? All right. I want to give a, a very preemptive thank you for 3000 streams. Cause I'm sure with this episode, we will hit it. So uh, thank you everybody for the continual support over the last, was it, three, four years now. It's been an awesome ride. Can't wait for the season to start so we can give you a bit more in-depth stuff. We do got some really good uh, interviews lined up on the way. Uh, hopefully the next episode we bring you will be uh, an interview. Not sure who it'll be. But until then, always remember to eat them raw. <laughs>